Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey y'all, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited for this interview. I'm so excited for this season. Did you guys hear Angela's podcast episode last week? If you didn't, and you're interested in streamlining your food for the holidays, you have got to go listen to it. It's been so fun because I've actually received photos of women who've already created freezer bags so that on December 26th, they already have the stew that they're going to put in their slow cooker and make without being stressed out. Like how cool is that? So I officially have blocked out Sunday to do some of this work. I can't wait to go through Angela's spreadsheet. She literally is giving us a spreadsheet of all these things that we can prepare for her recipes. And it's it's so exciting. Everything she does, by the way, is gluten-free and dairy-free. It's not all plant-based, but there is plant-based stuff within it. um, If that's your jam, but it's all gluten-free and dairy-free. So go back and listen to that if food is what you want to get under control this holiday season. But we're going to have a lot of episodes around the holiday season because I do find that this is a time that can feel really chaotic to us mamas and it can feel out of control. And it's such a wonderful, beautiful, amazing time to actually have a plan to create a scenario that that creates just a family situation of how you want to feel, of how you want to be in this time. And I feel like at this time of year, we give away sort of how we want to be to others, right? So maybe it's our parents or our in-laws or our cousins, or maybe it's that there's so much going on at school or, you know, we have these traditions that we've followed for so long and we haven't really thought about them. Or it just is so busy. Maybe it's with work. There's like two office parties and you have to do Secret Santa with some some people at work or help your husband do the same. So, or we're, And we're traveling and there's just so much going on. And a lot of times it's coming from the outside and we're just absorbing it all. So what I find is that either makes us these super happy people because we love all this activity And we go, 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 and then Christmas happens, and it's a little of a downer after Christmas, and then New Year's happens, and it's a really big downer because we've been going, 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 and we haven't stopped. We haven't stopped for ourselves. We haven't stopped to be quiet with our kids, and it's just a season. It's a time of year that is calling us to be a bit quieter. And the other scenario can be that we're complaining the whole time, that we're not liking it, that we have a story that we don't like the holidays, but it still feels out of our control. And we don't know that we can rein it back in and create this situation that actually nurtures us. So I find that I've I've talked to both sets of moms, but no matter what, it can be better. It can be good. It can be great. It can be fantastic. It can be restful. It can be whatever you want it to be. And so I am pretty committed for the next month to be there for anyone who's willing to step into this work to just planning 
this time and being in this time, because, you know, the next month goes into the holiday time, um, is really committed to showing up during this time in a new way um, or or not, maybe it's not new to you. Maybe it's just that you're showing up again, but you have to show up with intention because it's not the way the rest of the world works. So I'm here for you. We're going to be creating podcast episodes for you. And I also have some other things I want to tell you about that are outside this podcast. So I told you about Angela's food episode on the last one that was about organizing your food. This one is going to be about going inside during that actual Christmas time. We have a whole bunch of entrepreneurs were on the line together to talk about how they balance um, the holidays with work. So that's coming up. And I just have so many episodes for you that are all about just getting more intentional and purposeful during this time about both this time of year and how we go into the new year, into 2019. Because I feel like it's both those things. There's just so much pressure to do these things right. And very often we're not stopping for long enough to see what right is. And I have air quotes up right now, what right is for us. And so that's where I'm super passionate about helping as many busy moms as possible. So we're going to get into this episode in a minute because this is one of the tools that I have for you. Um, but the first thing I wanted to share with you is, and I do mention it in this episode, this episode is an interview with an amazing person. But one of the things I do share in this interview is using an advent calendar as a tool to do the things that you want to do during December. And so when I grew up, there was a point when an advent calendar was just sort of opening a door and reading a thought that is lovely. If you still have that, that's great. If the thoughts resonate with what you want to be thinking about. Um, I also had opened ones with chocolate and then I had three kids and I was thinking, gosh, I don't want everyone to have a chocolate every day. Like, how do you even divide that? Like that was, there was a sugar issue for me. And then at some point someone gave us a, like a Lego one. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is materialism on steroids. Cause I don't even want so much stuff in my house. I don't want this much stuff on Christmas. And then we're leading up to the whole month of Christmas with like a thing every day. So I, it really got me thinking about what this month can mean. And I am going to have a whole episode on this, so I'm not going to go deep into this, but I started using the concept of an advent calendar. If you don't celebrate Christmas, you could call it a countdown calendar, but it's just this idea that every day there's something in an envelope, a thought that gets you closer to how you want to feel. So it might be about getting things done in a slower manner. So I know that I want to bake cookies for the teacher, let's say, and it might end up that every year I'm super frenzied the night before. So I would use the advent calendar to stretch it out and I would put in a day bake cookies and the kids would open it and they'd be like, oh my God, we get to bake cookies with mama. And then in the next day, it would be eat a cookie and package them up for your teachers. So I'm making what was stressful, what I still am going to do a little more easy. Now there's tons of different things that we put in these envelopes from giving back to our community to having quiet moments by the fire. And in this workshop that I'm going to lead this free workshop, we're going to go through how to create the things that resonate for you. So that is going to be on Black Friday in the morning. I'm going to run the first one and I'm going to run a second one that Sunday after Thansgiving in the afternoon. So you can go to plansimplemeals.com slash 
advent and that will get you signed up for that. And again, it is free, but I would love to know who's showing up. I would love to know how many people because that's going to be how I serve it up. If it's a small group, we'll all be able to see each other. Um, we'll be able to, I'll be able to have more Q&A time. Um, if it's a bigger group, I'll just operate it a little bit differently. You're going to get a lot out of it, no matter whether it's big or small. So share it with your friends. The more who do this, the merrier. So go sign up, plansimplemeals.com slash advent. And that link is also in the show notes. So that's thing one. Thing two, I feel like I'm in Dr. Seuss. Thing two is that I have created something called Plan Simple Holidays. And not really a course. I call it 14 planning sessions. So it's actually all delivered to you in a PDF. But within the PDF, there's the description of these 14 sessions. And each one has an audio with it. So there's 14 audios with 14 sets of planning sheets all delivered to you in one PDF that you can, so it's really easy to access it. And the idea is that you plan out everything from presents to food, to home, to, you know, clothes, like the whole, you're planning everything out. You're knowing things in advance, the things that might cause a little bit of stress in other scenarios. You're planning in advance for those things so that you can really go into this holiday season with ease. And that is a course and you can get your copy of it at plansimplemeals.com slash holidays. And that will lead you to that page. Again, it's like nothing huge, but there is a small fee for that. I think it's $47. And I would love to see people going through that. It's just, I go through it every year. And so email me if you're going through it. Let's have a conversation. Let's get into dialogue over it because it really is an amazing thing to go into all these scenarios with a plan. So that's that. And then the third tool that I really want everyone to be aware of, and mind you, everything I'm sharing, like this isn't, none of this is big. Like I really want this to be easy for you guys to do. So if for some reason, $47 is tripping you up, email me. Like I want as many people who want to plan as they can. The third thing I want to share with you is, is this amazing tool that we're going to learn about right now on the podcast. So I have on Kim Marie who has been a guest on the podcast before. And it's funny because I usually don't have people back twice, but two things happened. I listened to her episode and I realized that last year I had, I didn't know her. I had seen her post about this thing that we're going to tell you about. I had seen her post about it on Facebook and I just fell in love with this concept because during the Christmas the time between Christmas and New Year's for the past eight years, I have journaled or done vision boards or done workbooks of other people about my business. It's a time that I get quiet and I plan the following year. It's a really important time for me to do that. And it's one of the reasons why I do this Advent thing. So I'm really leading into that with intention. And when I saw her post, it's about a, a different kind of journal that you would use during that exact time period that I wrote. And I fell in love with everything that she stood for, but I hadn't done it yet. I didn't know her. And so I interviewed her anyway, like two days after I saw this post last year. And a couple things. One, I hadn't done it. So as I re-listened to the episode, I realized that I didn't 100% ask the right questions that I want you to know the answers to. And two... I don't know, podcast technology has gotten better. I think last year for Christmas, actually, I got this new microphone. So it's better this year than it was last year. And that's cool. 
So I'm going to let her tell you everything, but basically the gist is, is that she created this journal. It's kind of like a, it's a journal, but it's a workbook because she's asking you questions to prompt you writing. And it's based on the 12 days of Christmas. You sometimes have to recall your dreams. She asks a lot of clarifying questions about the day that you're having that day. But the thing is, is that each day connects to a month of the year. So she asks you to reflect back on that month, the year prior, and your dreams for the year ahead, and also just what's going on in the present moment all at the same time. And what she told us about last year on the podcast, but I couldn't, I had to experience it to even understand how to pass this back to you, is that these days literally become maps for the month that they correspond with. And they're real. They're like real maps. So I gave away three of them last year. Um, I never heard back from two of the people I gave them to. So if you're listening to this, no worries, but I am imagining you just didn't have time to dive into them. But one of the people I gave them to, gave it to, did it every day with me. We were in contact. And every month this year since when we open it, we're like, oh my God, can you believe that that happened like you said it was or that happened or that you're going to do this and you're actually really doing it? And you, how would you have known that that day? So it's just amazing what a blueprint it is to your year. So it sort of serves all these purposes for me. The language is much quieter than any of the things I had done prior, which I really appreciate during that moment. Um, and it's just been this amazing sort of you know, fortune teller in my life that I created because everything that's in there, I wrote from my heart during these 12 days of Christmas. So I just had to tell you guys that because now we're going to get Kim Marie on and she's going to explain the whole story. And if you're interested in buying this journal, you can go to the link in the show notes. I was thinking I would say it out loud right now, but I don't know it by heart. So go to the link in the show notes, make sure you go to the show notes. I think Kim Marie also shares it verbally on the interview and get your copy. I think she sells them, you know, through the beginning of December, but do it early because she's, you know, really making these things. They're beautiful. And then um, she also puts you in this Facebook group for accountability and just know that I will be in that Facebook group. So not that you should do this for me, but if you're in there, we'll be having conversations. We'll be having real conversations. Make sure you introduce yourself to me. Tell me, tell me that you got there from me. Um, and, and, you know, we'll have real life conversations. We'll be going through this experience together. And the women from Flow 365 have also been gifted this journal. So they will be in there too. So I'm really excited for these 12 days of Christmas, even though I try not to be on social media that much, I will pop into this group every day. All right, you guys, let's get Kim on the show. Hi, Kim. Welcome to the Plan Simple podcast. Hi, Mia. Thanks for having me. I so oh appreciate being here. I'm so excited for this conversation. So for everyone listening, if you've been around a while, you're going to remember Kim Marie because she has been on the podcast before. Um, and it's I don't do that a lot. Right now we're in the middle of a business series where me and Megan Flat have been talking on a weekly basis, answering user questions. But for the most part, people are only, you know, I've only had guests one at a time. But I am so excited by this tool that 
Kim puts out every time, every time of this time of year at Christmas time, um, it, it was just like so transformational to my year that I knew I had to get her back on and do a better job at interviewing her than last year, which I, I found her as I found this tool, but I had never used it before. And also I realized like the podcast equipment I use have gotten better. I just wanted to have a really clean interview so that everybody could hear about this amazing book that she creates that I think can help all of us. So that's why we're here. So Kim, will you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are? I don't know, whatever you think is important to tell us. The background. Sure. Yeah. Right. yeah. So um, I am a life and leadership coach and uh, transformational work. I do mentoring, counseling, that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, it's really, for me, the work is about this human journey <laughs> that we're all on. And I live in Boulder, Colorado. I'm the mother of two amazing teenage boys. And, you know, I've had this passion forever around inner development and kind of awakening our own inner wisdom and guidance and understanding that we have so much within us that just needs to be tapped into and brought forth. And so that's, that's what my work is ultimately all about. I love that. And I, I forget you have two boys. I don't know why in my head I, I had one, but you can say amazing, two amazing teenage boys. That says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's a journey. Anybody that's got kids knows, like, I think we all hold our breaths hoping that the teenage years will be okay. And I'm still in the thick of them, you know? I know. So, I'm actually kind so. of finding it. I'm finding it kind of fun, actually. I, it's yeah. funny. I, I think I'm a better teen parent than I was like an infant parent. I Ooh. have to admit that out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, I like I it. I like are. it. It's, it's, it's more time consuming though, which is interesting to me because I always thought I'd get more and more of my time back, but I feel more engaged for whatever reason. I'm right there with you, Mia. Yep, yep, exactly. It's a big fallacy that it, it gets easier and less time when they get older because yeah. they, they still need you, but in a different way. And it's really important to still be there for them. It's so critical. I watch so many, so many um, kids whose parents kind of buy into that idea that they don't need them anymore and they feel a little lost and it's, we need to keep holding them. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's funny. It's, it's also emotion. Like it's more, it's, I guess in the beginning it's more physical and now it's more emotional, right? So we as parents can, it's so much easier to be triggered and, you know, feel the pain with them or feel offended somehow. So actually that is a great dovetail into your work, which will help us all maybe grow beyond that. It's absolutely true. Yes. It brings up, it brings up our teen years, really. We're kind of reconciling with our own challenges and those are challenging times. So yeah. Right. Okay. So we're going to get to this amazing journal that I love, but before, you know what, let's start there and then let's work backwards. So you create this journal and the reason I found you originally is because for years now, I don't know, years, not that many years, I guess maybe for the past five to eight years, I guess since I really embraced being an entrepreneur um, and this journal had fallen into my lap, not yours, somebody else's, I really got into this idea of being quiet during that, the holiday break, you know, from Christmas to New Year. And I saw I had three kids and it was busy. And I don't know, I just really got attached to this idea of lighting fires and reading books and journaling during that, that week vacation. Um, and we don't usually travel during that time. We usually travel later or, you know, in the next year um, when it's winter, but holidays, we seem to be home. And I just, it, 
it literally just gives me so much, um, it's not even joy is not the right word, but it just connects me to my family, to myself, to the earth, just to do this writing at that time. And I, I've always felt it, but then you posted something on Facebook somewhere last year and literally like put that into words that this is real <laughs> and that it happens and that it's everybody can do this. And I was like, Oh my God, like I'm not crazy. Cause I <laughs> like, my family's always like, what are you doing mama? Like, don't you want to go ice skating or whatever? I'm like, no, I want to sit by the fire and write in my book. <laughs> yep. Um, and then you, and then last year I saw this post on Facebook and saw your journal and it was literally a book for the days that I had this urge to be sitting in front of the fire. So I got it and I interviewed you before it because I knew it was going to be fabulous, but I didn't know, I hadn't quite experienced it yet. So I don't know that we even sort of touched on the surface of how amazing it is because it is amazing. But let's just explain a little bit about what it is. Um, will, will you just give your sort of overview of it, and then maybe I'll fill in with the meaning, the parts that really were meaningful to me as you do that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'd love to hear, hear your specific experience too, because I'm always loving that. But, you know, I, I, I too had the same kind of thing. That's how I started this journal was, um, you know, holidays were always something really meaningful to me. And my mom always made our holidays really beautiful when I was young. But what I didn't like about it was that, you know, Christmas Day would come and it was like all this wonderful festivity. And then suddenly it was like done. <laughs> And my mom would inevitably show her exhaustion, you know, and I later, as I grew up, I started realizing she'd been staying up all night, you know, Christmas Eve and was exhausted by the end of Christmas day. And, and so I kind of vowed when I was really young that I'm never going to let this season get the best of me, mm. <laughs> that I really want to make it to hold the sacredness of it. So, so even from, from the time I started college, you know, I would make it really special. I would decorate my apartment with my roommates or, you know, do other things. And I often would get my shopping done before Halloween and, and, and have everything. Wow. Planned. I know, I know. And I know it sounds, it sounds a little crazy, but, but of course I didn't have kids at this time either. So. <laughs> You know, but, but still, I just really was determined to not buy into the hustle and bustle and the consumerism and the materialism and just to, to find a way to make it quiet. Because like you, I was having that urge to turn inward and I wanted to be prepared for it. I didn't want to feel like I couldn't Ooh, I love that. relax into it. And so, yeah. um, so there's a whole preparatory. I mean, the sacred nights of winter are the nights from December 24th through January 6th. And of course, there's a whole preparatory time before that Christmas Eve night, and we can get into that. But, but related to your question about you know, how the journal came to be, um, as I continued to learn and I learned more having children about what I wanted to, to make the season into, I too was given a journal. Um, and this was 15 years ago. And, um, and I sat with it and I thought, oh my gosh, this is the first time I've ever been able to have that feeling that Christmas doesn't just end abruptly on the night of December 25th. You know, like there's a, there's a magic that can continue and a, and a peacefulness that can continue. And I always felt that I needed that, but I didn't know really how to do it. And so I worked with this and I started just repeatedly doing the same kinds of things. And then eventually um, I decided this, this year will be my fifth edition of this journal. 
And so eventually I decided to put out my own because I had all this experience of working with it and the transformational nature of it. And what was particularly amazing to me is that after working with it for a couple of years, I realized not only was it this beautiful tool for quieting myself and, and really gleaning the wisdom of my own inner self during this time, but it became a, like a guidebook, like a map for my life in the coming year. And that was what was incredibly powerful to me. And I couldn't wait to start sharing that with others. <laughs> okay. So uh, this is where I'm going to jump in and clarify because yeah. you said this last year when I interviewed you and before I got the book and I got the book and it, you know, very clearly says on the top of every page, like which day it was and you had a Facebook group during it. So I, you know, I checked in at the beginning, but it's a, you know, the holidays are, are a time they're, Actually, I'm laughing because this year I have two of my kids are in two different, like very major Christmas um, performances. So one has 17 shows and one has seven Whoa. shows. Oh, oh my goodness. Huge venues in Boston that are yeah. not in the same place. And yeah. I don't know, I, I feel like that's going to teach me some life lesson. I'm not sure <laughs> it is yet. I'm not sure why I said yes, but... I got these passionate singers, and so I did say yes, and I figured it would be an opportunity to figure out simplicity, but um, oh, I forgot what my point of that was. Um, we were talking about the coming year. Oh, and- right, and mm-hmm. so, la- so last year, you know, I had this journal, and I knew that every day I was going to wake up and feel it. No, I know what I was going to say. You had this, this Facebook group. And so at the beginning I would, I would chime in and you would always very kindly say, you know, do what you can, you know, don't feel stressed by this, you know, just, just put in the words that you can and, you know, show up to it. And if you miss a day, don't worry. (laughs) Yeah. And so I have to tell you guys, anyone listening who gets this, like, I'm going to say the opposite. Do not miss a day. So what happened was (laughs) that by the end, you know, by January, uh, by by the new year, like, I think probably like those, that time right around Christmas is very easy for me to be quiet. And then, you know, the new year comes about and, you know, different things are coming up and it gets a little busier. And I, that's when I petered off. And so you guys, for serious, we can go through sort of what sh- what Kim takes us through, but it's it's sort of about waking up and remembering your dreams from the night before. Um, she ties in tarot cards, which is a tool that I use a lot and love. Uh, that might sound strange coming from me for those of you who know me, because I'm not that woo woo, but I love tarot. Car- I love cards. And then she, there's this part about the virtues, which I'm going to actually, actually ask Kim to elaborate on. And then she sort of asks questions like, you know, you have, it's almost, it's very workbooky, right? So you're, you I almost feel like I'm, it's relaxing because I'm like held by the questions instead of having this big blank page just to fill in, just to journal in. And she asks questions about this, a time of year last year, about the day that you're on and about where you hope to be at some time of year next year. And all of these things work together. And as she said, they map to the year. So this is where the days become really important because what I immediately started to find was that what I wrote down on December 26th literally was my February, right? Like it literally came, everything I wrote down was accurate. It was the weirdest thing ever. And month after month, I found this. So I stopped a few days early. And so for October, November, I I haven't been able to be my own fortune teller. And um, (laughs) that makes me sad. Yeah. (laughs) 
So it's amazing. It's just so amazing. And I know that all you're doing is having us tap into our own inner knowledge um, because you're not here with us. It's, it's a workbook. Yeah. But it's just amazing how our dreams do that, how these cards we pull do that, how the words that we take the space to write down do that. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I love what you're saying too, because you know, one of the things I have, so I did a survey of the people that got the journal last year to try to get a sense, you know, what worked, what didn't. And, and most of the people, it was all just like, you know, such great feedback. And then there were a couple of people, and I always have a couple of people every year that'll say, oh, you know, part of me felt like I, it was too overwhelming. It was too much. I had too much to do. But this is where, you know, I'm, I'm learning to correct how I say it because you're right. I said, oh, if you miss a couple of days, don't worry. But I actually agree with you. I think missing days is something we should really strive not to do. (laughs) And, but what I will say is I also got this amazing feedback from people saying, you know what, even on the days where I could only jot down one quick little thought, it mattered. It was, it was a symbol for what was coming in the new year. It gave me something to work with. And I thought, that's it. That's it right there. If you don't have time to sit with all the questions or reflect as much because let's face it, life happens. And like you said, it often starts to happen more after the first of the year. So those last days of these sacred nights can get a little bit more challenging for sure. Um, But even if you can, you know, wake up and jot down like a couple little words or a few little sentences about your dreams or jot down at the end of the day, things that happened during the day or the, the feelings and, and thought life that you had during the day, every bit of it, is what I've learned has, it, it, it matters, which is actually why it, you can relax about it because you don't have to do it right and you don't have to understand what it means even. You will, you will in the coming year, you'll go, oh my God, that's what that phrase meant or that's what that thing I, in my dream was all about or oh, that's the, that's the guidance or that, you know, this is now becoming guidance for what I'm going through right now. It's so crazy powerful in that way that we have this living in us a whole year before it happens. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's crazy. It really, (laughs) really blows my mind. And it's funny because I did, um, I was so excited by the idea of it. And I also, uh, uh, you know, I, I know that accountability is really important. You know, uh, whenever I build a program, I build in accountability. I just, I think accountability is key in us changing. And so I kind of, I mean, I bought presents, I bought them as presents for people because I knew I wanted to give presents, but also (laughs) because I knew it was, I sort of inside knew it was a built-in form of accountability. Mm. So I gave away three and, you know, I feel like this is the kind of work you kind of have to like put your hand up to do. So I haven't heard much from two of the people. But mm-hmm. one of the people is the person who called me and was like, have you checked your journal yet? Like everything's <laughs> coming true. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And so every month we check in and it's really fun to see it with someone else in action um, and understand that it's happening for her as well, that it's been such a useful tool for her. Oh, and I love to hear you're working with someone in it. That's why I ultimately created the Sacred Nights community. It's a Facebook community online. You know, I was hesitant about this um, to do it because those Sacred Nights are my Sacred Nights too. You know? Right. And I don't like to be online as much and I don't like to be 
um, kind of, you know, out as much. But what I discovered was what a magical experience it is to have us all working together and sharing different experiences. And then it was so much fun for me to come on and like maybe go deeper around one of the topics or, or share an idea. And you mentioned tarot cards and I want to clarify too, what I have in the, in the journal is just a section and I call it Oracle card. Oh yes. Whether whether it's tarot or, or, you know, I use all kinds of different decks and I know a lot of people enjoy these decks of wisdom and that you can pull, but I was even pulling them for the community for people who didn't have decks and they were loving it and it was really fun. So yeah. yeah. Sorry. I misread. I missed it. That's okay. What I have is Oracle cards, not. Well, and some people use tarot and love tarot and that's fine. Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. I just don't know enough about it. I like when somebody else pulls a card and tells me what it means. I don't know <laughs> about what that means. So one of the other things that's in the journal is this idea of virtues and the 12 yeah. virtues. Where, yep. where do the virtues come from? So there was a woman in, in what's known as the Theosophical Society in the early um, 1900s, late 1800s. Uh, named Madame Blavatsky. (laughs) And she kind of came up with these 12 virtues and um, spoke of them. And then Rudolf Steiner, who you and I talked about on the last podcast, um, he's the creator of Waldorf Education. He deepened those virtues. And the idea is that um, there is a virtue kind of streaming in from the cosmos during each month of the year. And the month is designated by the constellation that the sun is moving through. So, of course, there's these 12 constellations. And each time um, the sun goes into that constellation, there's kind of an energy that you could think of it like an energy that the sun is raying down to us. And so working with these virtues during those 12 holy nights often correlates to you know, that's also, I think, part of why we're kind of given wisdom all the time, not just virtues. Um, There's probably tons of stuff that we don't even realize we're being given all the time cosmically um, as human beings. And so it's, it's this, um, virtues are practices, really, you know, so the first one of the year is courage. And, and you don't do courage, you, you practice courage, you right. practice learning how to show up in new ways and, and push your edges. And, and so um, I work with that in terms of each virtue has two extremes that we can go into. So using courage as the example, we can fall into cowardice, by being too cautious, or we can fall into foolishness by being too, too, you know, full of ourselves, if you will, or too bravado about things. And so it really is, as we look at and work with these virtues, um, we begin to see where we ourselves are falling out of balance, where we're falling off center in our being, and how it always gives us a tool to work with in order to create what we're trying to create. So, for example, with courage, the tool to work with is is carefulness. You know, we want to be we want to use caution along with having our courage, so that we can be careful not to go. If we're too cautious, we become cowardly. If we're too courageous, we become foolish. But the idea of working with that, the courage combined with carefulness brings us in the courage virtue, it's, it's uh, what Steiner talked about was it brings us this, the power to redeem. In other words, it brings us the capacity to change what we don't want anymore. So right, which really is powerful. part of what we're doing in January, right? Like with all our New Year's resolutions and everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to make you share one more because yeah. 
I think this one actually, I will try to explain, I will take what we talk about now and I will try to explain it visually in the blog post that goes along with this podcast uh-huh. uh, because I think the visual is very powerful in understanding this concept and you yep. put the visual in the book. Uh-huh. Is, what is the one we're working on during the holiday season as we're leading up to this? Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, as we're leading, so, so, so the first of the year starts with courage, but, um, when we're in, when we're actually entering into from December 17th to January 15th, the sun is in the constellation of Sagittarius. Okay. And also I should qualify and we're not going to get into it deeply. I put a, a little blurb in the journal about why I do this, but I use the sidereal Zodiac, which is astronomically accurate. Um, and I do that because I really believe if we're going to seek truth, we need to know where things actually are. And there's a whole reason that the typical Zodiac that we're all used to um, is not astronomically accurate anymore. It used to be 2000 years ago, but there's actually a shift in, um, of the earth on its axis that shifts one degree every 72 years. Mm. So we're, we're literally off by, um, I think it's 26 degrees at this point wow. <laughs> Com- compared to the usual Zodiac that we read, um, you know, astrology. Gosh, that parts. explains everything. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that right? <laughs> we're off 26 degrees. That could be a book. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, okay. So to answer your question, so December 17th to January 15th, which of course is where the Holy Nights happen, the sacred nights of winter happen. Happen. Christmas, a big portion of Advent happens during that time. We have this, this virtue um, that uh, is control of thought or a feeling for truth. So in other words, the control of thought or speech becomes a feeling for truth. And to use the example of the extremes, if we're too controlling of our thoughts, we can become dogmatic. In other words, this is how it is. This is how it has to be. And we get very attached to our thoughts and our feelings. But when we start to add the, the tool of mobility of thought, then we can balance that out and say, you know, yeah, I believe this. This is my truth. But I'm, I'm also open to the truths of others. I'm also open to ideas beyond what I know, and I'm willing to learn something new. And of course, you know, if we're too mobile in our thought, then there's also a shadow side, and that is confusion. If we're constantly thinking we don't know within ourselves, we don't have our own thoughts. We're, we're listening to everybody else and going, I don't even know what's true anymore. I'm not sure what's going on. And I'll tell you, that was one of the big feedbacks that I got when I asked people, what do you want for this year? And one of the things people said is, you know, I'm struggling to know what is true in the world anymore. We're living in a world that it's like, we don't know what to trust. We don't know who to trust. And so this idea that our control of thought and combined with our mobility of thought gives us a feeling for truth but that if we're too far on one side or the other, we can fall into that place of either dogmatism or confusion. It's, a, it's such a powerful tool to help us find our center and find that wisdom within ourselves. I love that because pretty much we're going to have to have a marketing conversation after this because I think that feels, that feels so true also to that time of year, even you know, as, a, as a parent just during the holiday season, like that feels like something that if they can go either way so easily, right? Mm. We can have so many thoughts about what's right and wrong during that time of year. Yes. Um, And we can, it's so easy to get off track in so many areas of our life from what we eat to, you know, the values we want for our family and contradicting those with gifts and saying yes to family members that we don't want to say yes to. And there's so many 
things at that time of year. There's so many boundaries that we can just break, you know, and it's that, that was such a great one for that. Um, yeah. And your journal is such a good tool <laughs> to help you find that center, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point, Mia. I mean, there's, yeah, we get caught in the whirlwind of the holiday hustle and bustle. And we don't know, you know, we have families who have expectations who say, this is how it should be done. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is what a true family Christmas is about. Or we have, you know, things going on in the world that are trying to pull us out of this time that we kind of know. We, you felt it. I felt it. I bet many of your listeners feel it too, that, that we want to be inward. Our soul actually longs to turn in at this time, yeah. which, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have two sort of big questions. So it's mm-hmm. not like we're wrapping up quite yet, but um, I want to go back now. So I, I do feel like in order to get to this point <laughs> where you can sit down in front of a fire, you know, for, you know, 30 minutes or more every day, because it is fun. I mean, I could spend, you know, it's just four or five pages every day, but you know, you have to remember, you have to go to bed on time. You have, you know, so that you're remembering your dreams. I feel like, you know, what you eat, too much alcohol, all that could affect, right? What Absolutely. you put in your journal the next day. So there is something leading up to it that um, I feel like you do have to get in the right mindset. This would be hard to do if you were in a state that you felt totally out of control on yeah. the day that the holiday hit, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. Be my I agree. I agree. Um, And so let's go back a little bit into December and just have a chat about what it looks like leading into this. So perhaps we'd have time. And I do want to do a little plug for the episode that will have gone live a week before this one um, is with Angela, um, Angela's episode. And she actually is giving out um, her spreadsheet for how she starts cooking in November so that she has Thanksgiving all the way through the new year really f- under feeling under control. And she does that by putting stuff in the freezer and just batching stuff so that she's not stressed out about that piece of it. So love it. FYI, for, so that we've got that part covered because I know that that's a big time suck for a lot of us if yeah. that's our, part of our, our position. So before we dive into how that time of year might feel, I would love you to touch on because I know we're going to get into some language that may sound like we're just assuming that everyone has a Christian tradition. Um, And I really do believe that this time is very sacred for everyone. Like I don't, I, you know, I do come from a Christian tradition, although that's not necessarily what I practice right now. Um, but I'm comfortable with Christmas. Um, so I just want to make sure that everybody listening who this appeals to feels comfortable leaning into it, even if that's not their thing. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And you know, same with me. I came from a Christian tradition and I walked away from it for a really long time. And I came back into, I'm not going to say into the tradition, um, but into the understanding from more of an esoteric perspective, yep. which, which has really helped me because you know, it helped me start looking at other wisdom traditions. And that's really what I look at is the rhythm of the year. And so, yes, I call it Christmas here, but the other piece that I really honor and revere is the winter solstice here in the Northern Hemisphere. Now, you know, our Southern Hemisphere friends are celebrating their summer solstice. And 
and the earth, you know, she breathes. And, and so the, in the winter, we're, we're, we're doing the in-breath, you know, we're, we're coming in. And in the summer, we're breathing out. And so looking at the winter specifically, there is this, this time. In the Christian tradition, it's called Advent. And Advent literally means the coming of the light. Mm-hmm. And of course, in the Christian tradition, people would think of that as the coming of Christ, right? The coming right. of Christmas. But it's also, when you think about the winter solstice, this is when we have the shortest day of the year, the, the longest hours of darkness. And from that day forward, the hours begin to expand. You know, the time of light begins to expand. So literally, just from the pure natural perspective, it is the coming of the light before this yep. time. So that's how we look at it. And when I teach my workshops, um, I usually do in-person workshops here in Boulder um, around, you know, how to work with the season. And I always include working with Advent and the Sacred Nights of Winter because you're right, there is a preparatory time. In ancient days, literally, or you could, I wouldn't say ancient necessarily, but like even if we look at the pioneer days here in, in the United States, people would literally take the wagon wheel off their wagons and decorate the wagon wheel with greens. Mm. And that is kind of the beginning of what became the advent wreath. And the reason for taking the wheel off was like, okay, we're not going anywhere. We're going to hunker down. We're going to turn in. We've, we've harvested, we've put up our stores, we've gotten and gathered what we needed. And now we need to just kind of hunker down for this, these darkest nights of winter and um, focus on our, our home and our family life. And so it really, it's not only the coming of the light, um, it literally in terms of the sun and, and that kind of thing, but it's also a turning in toward your own light, your own yeah. inner light inside. And that's so critical during this time. It's interesting. I was just at an event and I heard a really interesting thing. I was at an event with Sarah Jenks, who's also been on this podcast and it was two nights ago. And we were talking about this time of year, about Halloween and the tradition of Mm -hmm. um, All Souls Day and Dia de los Muertos and Halloween and just like all these sort of pagan many times women driven traditions, um, that have become, you know, that have morphed into what they are. Exactly. (laughs) And, um, what was, what I had never heard though, is that this time Halloween where all these different, um, traditions have different traditions. Um, but they're all very related. If you look at them, they're all sort of about fear and death and scariness is actually midway between the summer solstice and the winter solstice. Yep. And so I feel like, that that this time in the near the winter solstice it's like it's like uplifting again like you know that it's going to start to get lighter right like whereas right now is more scary because you're turning from this like time of such harvest such abundance and you're becoming aware that it's not going to be like that going forward (laughs) right right right. Um, but it's all very natural when you think about it which is what's so cool yeah, 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 and you have like my my heritage is Celtic, and right. so Celtic they celebrate the the festival of Samhain. Um, it's you know from last night to today. Yeah, um, you know literally we're doing we're recording this on on November first, so you know October thirty first to November first is yeah. is Samhain in the Celtic tradition, and and you know in some ways I, I would say going way back there was a certain fear like oh my gosh the sun's going to disappear it's getting darker it's getting darker and there's this yep. aspect of fear. But as people began to understand what really happens, that indeed the light does return, that indeed it, it is going to be okay, these celebrations would happen around, oh, you know, what we're starting to notice is the veil 
between worlds, if you would, like in the Celtic tradition, they call it the other world. Yep. And um, in many pagan traditions, they call it the other world. And, um, you know, you'd, you'd hear it known as the spiritual world, probably in most Christian or other um, traditional religions of today. Um, and so the veil between the earthly realm and the spiritual world or the other world is very, it's beginning to thin right now. That's yeah. part of what these celebrations are about. So that's part of why you have this celebration of our ancestors, the, you know, Dia de los Muertos, you have... Um, you have the concept of All Souls Day or All Saints Day in the in the Christian tradition. Um, you have the celebrations of like Martinmas, which comes up on November 11th, uh, celebrating Saint Martin and his generosity in bringing light into the darkness. Um, so there's this beautiful concept now that's less about, it's really less about fear and more about celebrating this going in, this thinning of the veil, this remembering that we are spiritual beings on a journey um, yep. in, in a human body. And um, that's what this starts to become about. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I agree. And especially when we tap into these tools, yeah. but I feel like what I'm realizing is that there is something natural um, and, and in us about like with this, with the aspect of fear mm -hmm. um, and it's not bad. It's just part of a cycle. You know what Definitely. I mean? Definitely. Like, oh, and, such a good point. And so if we're connecting to like, and, and I just feel, especially as women that we, 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 we are sort of generational, right? Like stuff is passed down yeah. <laughs> and we feel, you know, we, I think we feel that fear and that really starts to help me understand why we get so crazy at this time of year. Cause I yeah. do feel like, you know, besides the fact that we eat too much sugar, which <laughs> I, I was proven to last night makes us crazy. Um, you know, it's just, it, it can be, it's just a busy, crazy time of year. And so it's so nice to, to go in. So let's talk about how to make this time of year a little less crazy. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I, I share with, um, you know, in my workshops and whatnot is, is first of all, have a little bit of a plan, you know, like take the time to look at that. Like I love your, um, your uh, other guest who's going to be talking about how to do the meal planning and that kind of thing. I do the same kind of thing where I'll prepare. I start with Thanksgiving, you know, preparing things, freezing them. But then I always, you know, after Thanksgiving, I go ahead and I start setting up my home. It's like tending the hearth, if you will. And, and saying, okay, this is, I'm going to set this intention and this is my plan moving forward that I'm going to get this done on this weekend and this done on this weekend and sort of creating that plan. But then more specifically, you know, whether you have children or not, creating a little bit of ritual out of this. And this time can be such a fantastic time if you have children, especially, you know, with little ones. There are so many different books out there that you can read to your kids where they're little stories for Advent, you know, and they aren't, they are not um, Christian only. You know, some of them are just really talking about this coming of the light or little stories about. Um, the light returning and even just reading fairy tales to them or having like a, a, a specific ritual every night of reading a story. Like to give an example, my tradition when my kids were really little was that we would sit down and we would light the advent wreath. So I would have a wreath to, to also kind of honor this ritual. And then we would read a story for that night. And um, sometimes we might, you know, sing a little song or something, but usually we would have maybe unique um, prayers or, or wishes for that evening. And, and it was just something we always looked forward to every night. And it, by planning it and setting that intention, 
we were preparing ourselves to slow down and we would kind of, it would be harder at first, but it got easier and easier. And the beauty is Advent is typically up to four full weeks, you know, so it's a great way to practice getting slower. (laughs) Yeah. And my tool, which, um, you guys will be hearing on probably next week, but I pretty much never stop talking about it this time of year is that I make a plan you know, I'll do, I'm actually very excited about Angela's meal plan because it's also gluten-free and dairy-free. So it's, oh, yay. yes. Um, and she's all about cookies, which I'm not usually all about. So, but now that I have two teenagers, I'm like, oh yes, that would be good <laughs> to have yeah. these kinds of things around that are also healthy. Uh-huh. Um, and that might sound funny coming from me actually, now that I'm saying that out loud, but um, I am not, I, I, baking is not always my thing. I'm, I'm good about getting healthy food on the table, but I don't know. Baking's not always my thing. So I'm excited excited for her plan. But one of the other things I do is I, I get really clear on, you know, how I want to feel during that time. And it's interesting because I, I feel like I always want to get quiet, but there can be different flavors of that. Like I've definitely had different years where I wanted to feel more connected to community or I wanted to feel, you know, I wanted my kids to just hunker down with me. Like I, I, you know, I've had different flavors of what it meant to slow down. Yeah. Um, Or I really wanted to see my larger family. Um, And I really have to feel into that every year and sort of understand (laughs) where I'm at. You know, this year, as I shared, I have this thing where my kids are in two performances. So we're, we're here and my challenge will be how to, how to create the simplicity with that going on. Yep. Um, and so with that, like knowing that what I do is I really look at all the days and I look at, you know, when they're still in school and what's happening on weekends. And I guess now when all these rehearsals are, and I just try to like plot and I, and as I do that, before I do that, actually, I guess I write down a list of how I want to feel and sort of what some things that would support that are. And I'm going to do a whole class on this, so I'm not going to go deep into it, but then I just sort of plot things into the days And that's what I use to create an advent calendar so that there's like nothing extra. Like the advent calendar literally is whatever it is that I know needs to happen that day to help us become how we want to feel by the time Christmas arrives. Does that make sense? That is so awesome. It's what I'm hearing is you're, you're taking what you actually are committed to um, because we all still have responsibilities. It's not like we can just take the wheel off our car and not go to work. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's not going to happen. So, so, so you take the responsibilities and the commitments that you have and you weave them in with intention around what you're trying to create during that time of year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting because, you know, every once in a while I get it a little wrong, you know, every once in a while a snowstorm hits on the day I want to go look at lights or whatever, you know, like sometimes I'm wrong, but most of the time I can guess pretty closely. Mm -hmm. And I think what it does is it, it helps me first of all, slow down, right? Like just by making the plan. Yep. And then it adds that level of both it's a way to share how I want to feel and also to get the accountability um, so that, you know, everybody's on board and they're, they've opened this wish that, you know, my kids are getting old. My youngest is still young, so she's nine, but, Mm -hmm. but my high schooler would still run down and open (laughs) the advent calendar. Like it's, this doesn't go away. Like traditions don't go away. Like it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's that ritual concept when you create that and you set that up, 
even the teens will be thrilled to still have it. You know, they'll still notice, they'll still love the decorations that you choose to put out or the, you know, the little, the little treats that you make or whatever it is, you know, that you want to create as part of those memories. And they really, really are special. Um, and so adding not only the, the planning and the intention, but that ritual, whatever that is, whether it's lighting your advent wreath, reading a story, having a, an advent calendar, having special um, events and things like one of the things, you know, in, in the Waldorf schools that we, I don't know if we talked about it last time, but you know, they have this beautiful advent spiral and it's an evergreen oh, that. spiral that is so phenomenal. And so we would come home from that every year in our tradition, our ritual around that was no lights. We had no lights on in the house. We would only get ready for bed and, and, and be together by candlelight. We would have dinner via candlelight. Everything was by candlelight. Just one day during that time, and we still do that even if we're not always walking the spiral because the kids are older, I still try to have at least one day where it's a pure candlelight day. And it's, that's, it's those little rituals that really remind you and, um, and, and are fun. <laughs> and I think that's actually why the planning piece is really important though, because mm-hmm. those things are so fun. And, you know, 10 years later, we're still being asked, right? Or many more, you know, my 15 years later, we're still being asked to do them. Um, and you know, I, there's probably ones I'm still attached to from my childhood, if I'm honest, right? Like, sure, sure. like there's things that I pass on that, you know, were important from, from my upbringing. Um, but I do find that in the busyness of what life is today, even though, you know, yeah, even though we were, we're very intentional about how it is we live, it's super easy to not do something. So yeah. it is super easy on the night of the candle at dinner, um, you know, to have this plan and then somebody has too much homework or um, mm-hmm. there's a game, you know, like, I don't know, like it could be anything, but it's yeah. so easy to get those, those things. It's so easy to not honor the, those rituals. So that's where I think the plan is really, really helpful because then you can sort of map it into your life instead of have it as a layer on top that might absolutely knocked away. Yeah, definitely. So true. And flexibility in that plan, you know, not being hard on ourselves. If, if something doesn't work out, could we shift it to another night? Could we leave a little bit of white space in the calendar so that we have room to shift? And I think that's, that's so, so much a part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So is that, was that, did I, we finish that question? I can't even, was there anything I think so. wisdom for the, for December? I think we yeah, did. <laughs> I think we did. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, there's so much that, you know, that, that we can do. And I think the key is to pick what works for you, what feels really right to you. And, and then, and then, like you said, make that plan, put it in, in your calendar, lay it out for yourself with intention and, um, and trust that you'll, you'll make it happen and things will support you to make it happen. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. So tell everybody how they can get their hands on their planner. And we will also put this in the show notes and I'm pretty obsessed right now with Instagram. So we'll put it over there. So if you're listening, you can go to either of those two places to get the link. But um, will you just tell us as if we're just listening? Yeah. So it's kimmariecoaching.com forward slash sacred nights. Okay. kimmariecoaching.com forward slash sacred nights. And again, both those links will be in both places. So yeah, 
Um, And I'm excited because my, the women who are going through my year long program are all getting a copy. So I have created my own little accountability group. (laughs) Yay. I love it. (laughs) Which I I love. And then I got extras for presents. Um, I tried to guess better who would actually do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, and, and for those of you who might've gotten um, a journal last year, each year I do do a different theme. So last year was about connecting with mother nature. And this year the theme is turning into yourself. So it's really kind of this dual meaning of turning in and supporting you to turn in, but also becoming who you're really meant to be showing up as, as your true essence. And, um, breaking away from the things that keep us from being that while also bringing tools that help us to become that. Oh my God. And what an important thing right now at this time in space. So I love that. So before you go, so if people are excited about this, I guess the last advice I would ask you for is just based on all the people you've talked to, because I know you talk to everybody who does this or many, as many people as who will talk to you. Yeah. Um, what have been some of the boundaries or um, traditions or things that you've heard that, that people have used to get this to do show up to this every day during the sacred nights? You know, like one of people my people who are like, I don't, how would I ever have time to do it during those 10 days? Like, what, right. what would you tell those people? Absolutely. It's perfect. And, and one of the, the, my favorite feedback pieces, which, because it really reflected what happened with me as well. She said that I loved having the journal because it gave me a quote unquote excuse to be doing something rather than looking like I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> I love that. And so, because, and that's what happened with me. What, you know, when we sit down and we have our journal, even if you have little kids and I started doing this, like I said, I mean, my oldest is 16. I started doing this 15 years ago. So I started with really little kids who, you know, a lot of people think, oh, they need me. They want me, blah, blah, blah. That's true to an extent, but even the littlest of children can honor when you say, when mommy has her journal out, this is, this is quiet time and we don't interrupt, you know, like it's really okay to say that. And it's really okay to show your family that this is your sacred time. And that when you're, when you, you can, I would say, let them know ahead of time, I'm going to be doing this. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to spend some time journaling. And before going to bed at night or before dinner or whatever works for you, I'm going to be doing a little bit of journaling. And when they see you with that, it's such a powerful thing. And it sets a great tone for them to realize they too have permission to be quiet. Maybe your children will sit and color or read next to you. Maybe your partner will say, you know, I'm just going to chill out right now while you're doing that too. And it encourages everybody to start turning in. Oh yeah. I love that. that. And actually I got two writers out of it. So I, so modeling is always, I think it's hard to understand even for myself in the moment. Cause I feel like I'm always telling my kids <laughs> what I want them yeah. to do mm-hmm. every once in a while. I'll look up and be like, Oh yeah, you know, I have tried meditating and now it's cool. Cause so does my teen or, you know, and my girls journal every night before bed and they have for almost a year. That's and so, so fantastic off, I think with this Christmas time thing. Um, and it's yeah. amazing that they yeah. just keep doing it. And writing is such a good, you know, the, the littler one, it's not all perfect, but it's just really like stream of consciousness and I'm not like correcting spelling or anything. And sometimes it's pictures, uh, yeah. but it's so wonderful that they can get what's in their head and in their heart down and out, yeah. out of their bodies. It's just yeah. it's for us. <laughs> yeah. And it's a beautiful way of practicing self-care. 
Yeah. I mean, really, it's, it, I know that it was a big piece for me early on is saying, I need this time for myself. I recognize that I need it. And the more I realized that it helped me in the coming year, the more committed I was to, to making sure I had it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it, it really is okay to start using this as an opportunity to practice setting boundaries for yourself. Okay. And anyone listening who has a self-care thing, just delete that in your head. Because actually I was just thinking to myself that it's funny because that with that comment that you got about busyness, like I feel if, if I'm a hundred percent honest, like I feel worthy when I'm in the kitchen, I feel worthy when I'm doing work. It's sometimes hard even to go exercise. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I question myself, I do these things and I'm, I grow and grow and grow every time more and more and more and feel more worthy of doing these things. But there's always this like little twinge of guilt. But yeah. for some reason, writing on the couch has never had that for me now that I think about it. Like it is that in between thing that it's true. It's like, you're still sort of busy, but it is really an amazing form of self-care. Yeah. So if you're looking, if, if I talk about self-care all the time, so if you've been listening for a while and have been like, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that, then this might just be the thing for you. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Kim, for being here. Thank you, Mia. It's been a pleasure. I'm so, I'm so excited for my year. And I will, as I told you, I'm a little obsessed about, I'm saying this out loud right now and thinking, do I really want to say this out loud? I'm a little <laughs> obsessed right now about Instagram <laughs> just because it's been an experiment of mine. Awesome. Um, and so I'll see, but may, just maybe, just maybe I'll be sharing little insights over in stories during these days. Ooh, I know that you, fun. yeah. And I know that you were said that, that just being in your Facebook group, it's like you want to honor your space. So I want to honor my space too, but I think that would be fun. Yeah, um, I like really... creating pictures and quotes and all that kind of stuff. So maybe I'll be I'll be, I'll be sharing that over there for anyone who wants sharing to, to well, share it, back. share it, share it in the, in the Facebook group, in the sacred nights community too. So we can all make, be sure to see it as well in case um, some of us aren't over there on Instagram. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a mass exodus. I have to admit from Facebook, but oh. I'll be there. I'll be there for that. Awesome. All, all right. right. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right. At the end of every episode, we choose three doable changes so that you can take what you've heard what you've been inspired to do and actually do it because it really is through action that we change our lives. So at the end of every episode, I do share three doable changes, but my hope is that you pick one thing, one thing a week, whether you're hearing it on the podcast, you're getting it from one of our doable change documents, or you have an idea of your own. You choose one thing to work on a week that's really going to upgrade your life. So the three that we learned about in this episode are all fantastic, and you're going to choose one. And the first one is journal daily. Write down one dream or even a part of a dream. Jot down a word or a phrase that sticks with you, even if you have no idea why. If you have time, write more. But just try to make the space to write something every day. You can play around with the time you write. I love to write in the morning. You can play around with where you write or how much you write. I love the practice that Julia Cameron shares of writing your morning pages. So that's what I do. And I fill three pages almost every morning. I'm going to keep the almost in there because it doesn't always work out. But almost every morning, I just sit down until I filled three pages. And that has taken me shorter and shorter as I just allow myself to write and not think. 
And if you want an amazing tool, if you choose to make this your experiment during the Christmas holiday, which I might highly recommend, I would recommend Kimry's Sacred Nights Journal as a tool. It's an amazing thing because it asks you all the questions that you need to answer. And so you don't have to think too much if journaling feels hard for you. And then as a tool, this journal, you guys, is phenomenal because as I we shared in the show, it really is a roadmap for what your year looks like. So I highly recommend that if you're taking on journaling during the holiday season. All right, number two, create a ritual. So create a ritual that slows you down at this time of year when everyone else is moving super fast. I want you to slow down with intention toward feeling the kind of space you want, or maybe you're wanting connection, or maybe you're wanting to feel healthier. You're going to have to figure out what you want, but it's that slowing down that helps you actually connect to that. And so some of the rituals you might create to help you feel this way, to help you slow down, might have to do with lighting a candle. Maybe you have an advent wreath that has candles, or maybe you eat dinner by candlelight. It might mean taking time to read holiday stories by a fire with your kids instead of running around and shopping at every moment. Not that shopping's bad, but in moderation, right? It might mean that you just have five minutes of quiet together, a pause at a moment when you normally wouldn't do that. So choose a ritual that speaks to you. There's lots of ideas that are going to be thrown out here around rituals in the next couple of weeks. So choose those that speak to you and try them, experiment with them. The Advent Calendar Workshop that's coming up is a great way to tap into how to fit rituals into your life and also get more ideas for rituals that might help your family. So if rituals are on your list around the holidays, make sure to come to that workshop or at least sign up and get the replay. All right, number three, set an intention and create a plan. So I think those two things sort of have to go together and that is why they are one doable change. So at this time of year, we can easily fall into the chaos. There is so much to be done and so much external pulling us to buy more and eat more and drink more and do more. Like literally it's never ending. So getting really clear on your intention and how you will make that happen is the first step to the a holiday season that you love. I promise you. And this can happen even in our really busy lives. You can take the responsibility and you can commit to weave these little bits of intention around what you're already having to do. And you really can create the feeling you want in this time of year. So give yourself a little quiet time just to think, maybe to journal, and think about how you want to feel and a couple things that you would do to make that happen. And then schedule. And you might be scheduling white space. I find that that is what people find is very healing at this time of year. So that is the last doable change. So again, journal daily, create a ritual, set an intention, and create a plan. Those are the three doable changes from this episode. And I will see you guys on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. 
And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.